Good afternoon, everybody. This is Corey Hepler with the Crazy Monkey Inc. Podcast. I am your ever-fabulous host. Got my co-host here, mm-hmm. Jared Gifford. How the fuck are you? Hey, doing really good. It's actually uh, got a pretty awesome treat tonight. Yes, we do. In fact, we have one of our friends here, longtime friend. We've been friends for... Uh, fuck. Forever. Since, since middle school. Pretty we, much, yeah. Yeah, pretty much um, middle school. Yeah. Uh, Josh Montgomery... Super amazing friend. Um, can't say enough awesome about him. He, well, and, and when we're also bringing him on board, uh, because uh, because Josh, like ourselves, is uh, has also been a fan of comic books, and uh, and and he's read several stuff over the years. So not that we're bringing him in because we're being like all uh, like n- doing the whole nepotism thing or anything, but no, in this case, Josh also has a good wealth of knowledge about comic books. This is definitely about nepotism. <laughs> this is definitely <laughs> because <laughs> fuck you, people. Oh wow, we love each other. <laughs> well, you know, and plus I, I plus I talk about take put the dirty pictures on on the internet. They didn't put me on. <laughs> Okay, I, told, I guess so I, so I guess the truth comes out. I told you to erase those. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Josh, if you had to pick a character from Marvel that you thought was just amazing and maybe even might want to meet if that were possible, who would it be? I'm trying to think. Um, so many great characters in Marvel, but I like to get kind of anti-hero that just gets put into it and he doesn't really want to, so I'd probably... I'm trying to remember um, Marvel and DC. Uh... I have to say, is Punisher who? Which one was Punisher? Punisher, Punisher is Marvel. Marvel. Yeah, I have to say uh, Punisher, maybe. Yeah, because it just seems like he he'd be an interesting character to because just he, he he does the right thing. It just pisses him off when he does it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, what about uh, what about DC characters? Uh, I have to say. Wolverine? No, Wolverine's oh, Marvel. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> Superman's from DC. Um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Probably uh, Batman. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact he's like he's evolved over the years. He's not mm. like he's got a little more. He's not. It depends what what you get to. It's like he's more greedy and sub, and then. The others, he's more funny, but well, yeah. yeah. Basically, they've they've uh, changed his character to fit with the times. As uh, you basically, when you're reading Batman nowadays, you know you're not getting 1940s Batman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, you can't say a lot about a lot of other comics because they always seem to they get sidetracked and they start them all over. And just like really, just start completely over. Never mind the history and they already learned shit. Like, oh no, we can't just move on. Have them have kids or whatever. No. Yeah. So, you know, it's actually one thing I actually do kind of like now that you bring up Batman is I like the fact that in in the current stories I like the fact that they've 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 moved him forward. I mean, um, they moved it, they made it so that like Dick Grayson's no longer Robin; he's now Nightwing. Mm-hmm. They've uh, you know um, they've had like two, three, four other um, yeah, two, three, four other um, um, like uh, Robin's, um, and the current Robin is actually Bruce Wayne's son, Damian Wayne. Yeah. And for those who aren't familiar with it, spoilers, uh, you know, the whole thing is, is that uh, Damian Wayne is, uh, what happened was um, Talia 
Al Ghul, the daughter of Ra's al Ghul, um, had um, had had a liaison with with Bruce Wayne. Anyway, Bruce Wayne didn't think that anything had come of it, but what happened was they had actually produced a son. Um, and 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 the uh, but uh, but also, and this goes along in terms of the League of Shadows that you work with, was the fact that um, to ensure that the uh, that 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 she, that she always had like this sort of super being that she wanted to create uh, out of their union. Not only did she have the son Damien, but then she cloned him several times to always make sure there was a backup. <laughs> anyway, what happens uh, was um, at first she was hoping to use Damien Wayne against his father to basically to basically destroy Batman and destroy Gotham. Yeah. But Damien Wayne actually um, ends up um, liking Bruce Wayne's crusade, enjoying him, and actually becoming the current Robin. Mm-hmm. Now, my understanding. Yeah. When you we when we talk about superheroes, mm-hmm. when we talk about people that we look up to, um, mm-hmm. we look at the. No. Hi. Now, when you think of superheroes throughout the day, you can't help but think of their counterpart bastards, the mm-hmm. supervillains. Oh yeah, exactly. Well. The thing is, no matter what kind of hero you make, whether or not they're superheroes or even just regular heroes, regular people fighting against incredible odds, um, you have to have an equally great villain to to go up against them, to pit against them. Yeah. And you know, it's like it's like the same thing. It's like uh, you uh, you you do that with uh, with Taxi Cab Joe. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I'm not going to give too much away because we've only got the one issue out. You're good. But but you know, you've got you've got Taxi Cab Joe going against these horrible like despotic um, crime lords and whatnot. Yeah. Um, the um, and then and then like I said with Darum, you know, uh, in my comic, I you know I have uh, I have Darum like in, at least in the current issues, um, he's he's up against John Hands, you know, um, who's you know who's who's pretty much a guy who is all about power and and, and how to wield it. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, Josh, you've told us about the superheroes that you really enjoy. What's a supervillain just? Get your goal that's like you think is amazing. Your favorite super I, ha- I have to say, I have, I have three. I have one is Joker because mm-hmm. he's just Joker, he just does shit because he wants to. And and the thing that's bothering me right now about that is they're trying to give him a backstory. Joker doesn't need a backstory, we don't need to know his past. So basically, you look at him as the true embodiment of chaos, yes, because you don't know why he does shit he does, he just does it and he thinks it's funny. He doesn't need a reason, doesn't, yeah, and that's yeah. what makes him so funny. But yeah. the, now they're trying to ruin Joker, in my opinion, because they're trying to give him a backstory. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what makes Joker awesome, because you really never know his backstory. He tells about it, but he, it always changes it. Yeah. Yeah, and so you never know what his real backstory is. And that actually makes it a little bit more intriguing. That's my other favorite hero. My other villain I like is um, the Riddler. Riddler always kind of interesting because he's just... I guess he always just one that just annoyed Batman the most. Just always... Just like Batman think about before he did shit. Yeah, he just kind of fucked with him just because he, he could. He was very super intelligent. He's like a, um, you always knew with the Riddler that Batman had to always work out some kind of puzzle before he could figure out what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> huh. 
Okay. Yeah. I think another villain I like. I'm trying to remember his name though. Um. Uh, Venom. Venom. I like Venom. Venom. Yeah. yeah. I like the fact because he he's never he's really he's a bad guy sometimes he's a good guy he just depends on mm-hmm. his. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, well, basically, it's like a, a, from what I remember, um, at first he was kind of almost a straight up villain, at least when they first introduced yeah. him. But then, as he evolved as a character, and I like that you bring that up, is that um, basically it was one of those things that um, it was that ultimately he had a different sense of justice than Spider-Man did. Yeah. Spider-Man was always your typical superhero; he would beat up the supervillain and send them to the authorities. Um, whereas Venom had this whole thing that, um, if they deserved to die, they were going to die. Well, I think it's because Venom and the, and the guy he was with were hitting yeah. Parker and the guy were totally different, so they had... Oh, yeah, they were, um, because, because, uh, as we know, Peter Parker was sort of the all-American boy. Mm-hmm. He was, um, you know, he was the kid who, you know, was, uh... I mean, he was the science nerd, the super geek, and he was always Mr. Play-by-the-rules. So mm-hmm. he even kind of did that when he became a superhero. Um, and, then, and then it was driven more home when his, when his uncle had died at the hands of a robber who, sadly, um, he could have caught but let get away. Yeah. Um, and so it drove, drove, it drove home that whole thing that his uncle kept telling him is that with great power comes great responsibility. And so... Peter Parker lived that. But then, I like to bring it up, is that with Venom, he his host was Eddie Brock. And Eddie Brock um, was a person that... He was he was a reporter, but but he was a different kind of person than Peter Parker was. Whereas Peter Parker was sort of this guy who had these ethics. Um, and, you know, he... Um, yeah, so he had these ethics and everything. Um, Eddie Brock was a person that he would get the story no matter what kind of illegal channels or illegal people he had to deal with. But Brock changed Venom because Venom and Venom was just completely... Over. Then he started, Venom started liking Brock and then they, they kind of just coexist together because they wanted... Well, 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 they fed well, off well, of each well, other. What I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, is that it goes exactly what you said. Is that uh, is that his sense of justice was very was very much different from Peter Parker's, because Peter Parker, as I said, was a play by the rules kind of person, and Eddie Brock was very much a get get whatever you need by whatever means necessary. And and but and then you take that in in the case of the symbiote that bonded with him and the symbiote Jackson um, was already getting kind of uh, viciously homicidal anyway because um, what had happened was when it first had bonded to Peter Parker back in the day yeah um, it was starting to make him more and more violent yes and Peter Parker didn't like that which is why he ultimately rejected the suit and got it taken off of him. Um, and so basically what you have is you take the violent rage of the Venom symbiote and combine that with the sort of gray ethics of Eddie Brock. Uh-huh. And that's why Venom was why he, why he was. Basically, he had the whole idea that it was the greater good that was what was important. The, it didn't matter if you had to break laws to get there. But still... Brock still had the notion it's not okay to kill everyone, so they, he really killed people to Oh, oh I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Is, but it was different, though. What I'm saying is, yeah. is that if he felt a villain should die, he'd kill them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas Spider-Man would never cross that line. Yeah. 
That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's why it was the such an airstream character because he the person he's with mesh well together because they're both kind of assholes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing rank, but they they their lines is different. Like Peters is here, and then Rox is over here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what I said. So it was very different. Um, um, Brock worked in more gray areas, whereas Peter Parker was very much like, no, I'm a I'm the True blue hero. I think that's why they the writer finally picked Brock because that Spider Man was more of a I'll kick your ass, but I'm not going to cross that line. But Brock no. was like I'll kick your ass, and if you deserve it, I'll end you. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why that's why the symbiote bonded with Brock because the whole thing is is they 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 had sort of a similar sense of what yeah. justice was. Whereas I said Peter Parker was very much definitively. Black and white about his sense of justice, and that's kind of why I like the new Venom movie because it actually shows the Venom and Brock kind of merging together mm-hmm. and learning about each other and mm-hmm. and just combine merging themselves together and feeding off each other, feeding off each mm-hmm. other, and just learn how to coexist together and like and basically becoming one. Um, mm-hmm. Did you actually happen to see the new Venom movie? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, you did? You okay, cool. Um, no, it's, it's awesome. Okay, I, 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 I haven't seen it. I'll have to admit well, no, because you know now, finances. No, but no, I will be seeing have, it in a couple of weeks. Well, now I have a follow-up question for that. I have yeah. a follow-up question. What I want to ask you is, what's okay? Well, what's your assessment of uh, Tom uh, Tom Hardy's performance as Eddie Brock? I think he did a good job. I think that. He he played Brock well because Brock was really not a, kind of well, on the mid gray area of the ethics, and yeah. I think he did things his way, and it showed that in the movie, and he lost his career over it and yeah. other things, and then he got this he got Venom by going to the lab, which I kind of like because it shows that there was different symbiotes besides Venom. Yeah, and so a lot of people don't know that. Um, Venom wasn't the only symbiote yeah. that took over different and they people. Showed, they showed in the movies that they were trying to get symbiotes to, to attach to people, and in the movie they actually showed that Venom that they actually showed that symbiotes actually kill people. They they feed off of people, like a parasite. Like a parasite. Yeah. And in the movie, Brock found that out, and then and then that's the cool thing I like about it. Venom actually told him away. It doesn't kill him if he eats the right things and. So basically, it's kind of, the symbiote basically told him a diet to keep him from dying from being overpowered by. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's kind of a nice health tip for a villain. I know. <laughs> if you I, eat these veggies, I won't fucking kill you. Well, I was like, it, it, it was kind of like because his friends like he, the symbiote's killing you. He's eat, basically killing you by absorbing, making. He's, he was yeah. feeding. He was feeding off of. He was. He was feeding off of him. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, um, but then Venom's like, okay, I'll, I'll if you do this and this, it will not, I will affect you. So it's, it's just it was a good movie to me because it showed that like they showed that there's other symbiotes out there, and it was mm-hmm. and I think I like how they did Venom. Venom looks awesome in the movie. So definitely, uh, so you so you would definitely say that Tom Hardy was 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 way better than Topher Grace. Yes. <laughs> hey now! I just think that that's a low ball move. It's just—it's not like Tobey Maguire was a bad Spider-Man. I mean, 
Okay, I'll at least give Tobey Maguire this. He actually, with what he was given, he actually played that part well. But but the, but but I'm, but I'm going to definitively, in my opinion, lay down the line on Topher Grace. Anybody else who likes him, that's fine. But no, personally, I felt the Topher Grace in Spider-Man Three ruined Venom because, well, because it was kind of like it was like they turned Brock into this little whiny little bully, and then Venom was just like him. And it's just like no, they are two different personalities. And in this movie, it shows that mm-hmm. Brock wasn't really a bad guy. He just got bad situations, and then Venom mm. kind of made him more ballsy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Venom basically just just like in the comic books, basically the symbiote, the symbiote bonded with him because basically what happened was they both came to each other when they were both at a low point yes. in their life, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and so and so they just kind of came together for mutual benefit. And uh, anyway, but what I'm saying is like uh, the reason why I just totally disliked Topher Grace as uh, as Venom was because I just like what you said. First off, his his physical, his his physical, his physical body did not match Venom. Topher Grace is this. I, you know, I hate to, you know, I hate to say, it, but he was, he's a, he's a ninety pound weakling. He's, he was a pussy, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, okay. Ninety pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and, and, and and that and that's what this movie was different about. Yeah, because the guy who yeah. played Brock in this one actually. Had the muscle because he's played other movies and he's. Had oh yeah, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's. Oh no, I've seen. Tom him. Hardy's fucking like when he played when he played Bane in uh, yeah. uh, Batman: The Fallen. Uh, no, no, uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. When he played Bane, dude, he looked like he could kick your shit in. Oh, and we could, hey, I, I would bring up another really awesome kick-ass action movie. Remember when he played as Mad Max in Mad Max: Fury Road? And they exactly. said, and that's what they said. They liked him in because he talked about how he, he was fit for this movie because he just got done doing a boxing movie. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I was ripped for the movie, so I have to do that. But he's like, people don't realize yet when you do movies, you have to it take it takes mm-hmm. a toll because you have to stay fit. He had just done the movie Bruno about the boxer yeah. who. Yeah, yeah, I remember that because I yeah. watched Bruno. I was like. That's Tom Hardy. Yeah, that's he, fucking he, awesome. That's a great movie. Another movie I really liked him in. Um, <laughs> interesting enough, going uh, going on Tom Hardy was I did like him in that movie Dunkirk when he pl- when when he was the pilot. Oh yeah, he did an amazing job at that. Yeah, I think everything that Tom Hardy does, yeah, is like fucking gold. It, it's it, you know it's, like, it's awesome. It, it, it is, and, and see, so they had a perfect act for him. So that's what I'm saying. You compare him with Topher Grace. Tom Hardy, as you said, he's got the physicality. He's got, yeah. the, he's got the muscle. He looks like a guy who could be Venom. You look at Topher Grace and she's like, that's just ridiculous, dude. You can't have big-ass Venom. I mean, remember the comic books? Venom oversized Spider-Man uh, vastly. I mean, and that, that was the whole point. I mean, Todd McFarlane was talking about this. I'd seen a few interviews with him, and he yeah. said the whole point with Venom was that he was supposed to, he was supposed to be a whole lot more huge than, than Spider-Man was. He was supposed to be intimidating, and basically Spider-Man could not face Venom physically because Venom was way beyond and him. And in this movie... His, the, whole, the whole point of their, their conflict and what made it interesting was the fact that Spider-Man had to outsmart him. And plus, Venom isn't, um, mm-hmm. isn't subser- subservient to uh, uh, Spider-Man's spidey senses. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, not, well, actually, uh, in fact, uh, Venom... What happened was when Venom was on Peter Parker, and this is why he's got similar abilities... 
was he basically well, it took, it, he took some of Spider-Man's he, 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 he started he started doing that. That's what I'm saying. So he kind of absorbed them. So yeah. the whole point is, is like you know, what, what all those spider powers that Peter Parker has, Venom absorbed them as well. But combine that with the strength of him being the symbiote anyway. The whole point was was that Venom was like Spider-Man 2.0. Well, this yeah. would be the, I, I don't know if they showed it in the... But Venom is actually out of the symbiotes was one of the weaker ones. They always... Because Venom's like, I, I, I like you because in my world, I'm on a lower total pole just like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't the biggest and baddest symbiote, but he that's why he liked Brock because he, he, they had a lot in common. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting is... Uh, you look at the thousands upon thousands of different symbiotes that are out there besides Carnage, Venom... And the other ones, and you, you really got to wonder, you know, how cool would it be if you got a bunch of these different symbiotes together against Spider-Man and just see what the fuck happens? I've always wondered yeah. that, you know, get like six or seven symbiotes, just like Carnage mm-hmm. and Venom, and just be like, all right, Spider-Man, well, actually, let's see what fucking happens. Well, actually, they, they did have a story arc like that in the 90s. It was um, sort of a sequel. to. Oh, that's right. They did. Yeah. It was called um, Separation Anxiety. Yes, that's um, right. And uh, and basically what happened was a very, just how Carnage was a sort of a being that had been birthed from Venom. Uh-huh. Um, these other symbiotes had been birthed off of Carnage. So Venom is the father. Yeah, yeah, well, technically, in, these, in this case, Venom would be the grandfather. Well, yeah, he's the grandfather. Because uh, he's these, the old these, fucker. That's he what I'm saying. Because these were these were symbiotes that had been birthed off of Carnage, yeah. as Carnage had been birthed off of Venom. So mm-hmm. if you look at it in that way, Carnage would be basically like the son of Venom, and these other symbiotes would be like the son the sons of Carnage. Which would be basically be Venom's grandsons. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the, reason, the reason I can see all these movies because I have a, a free app on my phone because I don't have money to go see them. So after the, it's a free app. You just watch the movie on your phone. So what's it called? <laughs> By the way, while he's looking that up, I wanted to do um, an update for Crazy Monkey Inc. Oh, that's good. Um, let's get those out of the way. First off, you can. You can find uh, Crazy Monkey Inc. comics at www.crazymonkeyinc.com with a K. Um, And we are getting even more pages done for the graphic novel Romeo and Juliet River of Blood by Stefano Cardicelli. He's doing a fantastic job. Also with the other project... Cadence Lark is Furious by Brian J.L. Glass. Samir Samal is turning in pages like crazy. Um, we also have the orders for Tony Clapper's Five Star Number mm-hmm. Two. Um, we are going to be getting the orders for Sexy Zombie Hunters Number One and yes. for Taxicab Joe Number Two. In fact, I believe I believe uh, both of those. Um, Especially Sexy Zombie Hunters uh, number one yeah. is, I believe, the next thing on the list. Due by next week. Nice. So I'm excited as tits. Oh yes. So. And I also want to throw out there that uh, the, that uh, the very next Kickstarter on the agenda for Crazy Monkey Inc. is the Kickstarter for Darum number four. 
Exactly. And uh, that one's going to be awesome. You know, as I said, you know, I've been hyping this up for at least a year now, so I have plenty of time to hype it up. But like I said, this is going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be a classic, awesome prison break story. That's all I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to give anything else away. Um, it'll just be awesome. You know, if, you, if you're a big fan of, you know, of awesome sci-fi action and also Prison Break movies, you are going to love this next issue. Um, and, uh, you know, um, and also, only thing I'm going to reveal, uh, you know, without revealing anything, of you will see another familiar face pop up in this one. But that's awesome. all I'm saying. Oh, also, um, the uh, Mr. Happy... Uh, one shot is going to be coming out next year as well. That's right. Well, I, I, well, in fact, the Mr. Happy One Shot isn't that. Um, um, oh, oh no! Wait, wait. Uh, the, the the prelude story. The yeah, prelude, the prelude story, story to that is, is going to be in Sexy Hunters. Zombie Hunters number one. So, for those of you who are looking forward to the Mr. Happy One Shot, if you guys want um, a setup to that. That'll be another awesome incentive to buy Sexy Zombies. I mean, not that you need one anyway, because it's going to be a kick-ass book. Just really awesome. But this is going to be sort of like cherry on top. The cherry yeah. on top of it all. Is exactly. That you're going to get an awesome um, sort of, I guess, origin story. Um, uh, Eight-page origin story that's going to be in Sexy Zombie Hunters number one. Written by the awesome Corey Hepler. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, we're also doing a Kickstarter for Tax Cab Gen number two. Even though it's all paid for, it's all done, we're still going to be doing the Kickstarter strictly for distribution money purposes. So that, so, you, so that you can get it shipped around the country. Exactly. So um, I'll let you know when the Kickstarter happens. It's going to be happening around January, February-ish. And then it'll be running for a whole month. So just... Pledge as much as you can, and then we will get the book out to you as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to favorite villains. Oh, yes. Oh, I was going to say, real quick, the movie thing I watch is Movie Hugs. Movie H-U-G. Uh, yeah, okay. It has a lot of new movies on it. I, I watch is it, it free? On, yeah, it's free. Holy Download it. Balls. I'll show it to you when we get off the movie. But it has yeah. a lot of nice movies, because I'm, like, I'm not rich, so... It's too expensive to go to movies, so I just... You're not rich? <laughs> no. What the fuck's wrong with you? I know I'm not rich. Wow. So I'm Shana... Corey. <laughs> so uh... it, it's fun to sit there in the middle of the night because I know you work nights and I work nights. So yeah. I sit there in my taxi and I just sit there and watch movies and it's awesome. It's good quality. You have a little... Light, um, it's not that bad, so... Yeah. Free nice. is free and I like them. Hey, we <laughs> like free. Seriously. <laughs> But uh, um, but anyway, uh, going back to favorite villains, and, and I assume that since you were looking straight at my face, uh, that uh, that you wanted to know what my favorite villains were. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't gonna kiss it. That's for sure. Oh well. That's oh, later. come on. <laughs> come on. I was hoping for I was hoping for like maybe a nice little three way kiss. Between we don't do that shit on this podcast. <laughs> Calm the That's fuck the other down. Podcast. You're just to talk about that. One. <laughs> That's the other podcast. You need to calm the fuck down and stay on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, um, I have so many varied favorite villains. Um, 
So, and, and I'm not just going to cover comics, but I'm just going to cover, like, my favorite villains of all time. Well, it doesn't have to which, be comics. It's going to be anything. Well, no, I mean, it's going to be comics, but, but what I'm saying is I'm going to throw in some other ones as well just because this will help people know sort of how I color my own villains and my own stories. I have um, one I didn't mention that if we're not doing comics, the... What is it? The, um, what's his name off of G.I. Joe? Uh, Cobra. Cobra. Cobra Commander. Oh, Cobra Commander. Commander. He's just yeah. a... That's just yeah. an Austin villain. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Just he just loves fucking with Joe. Seriously. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, funny is I actually had... I love that you bring that up because it, um, because I had actually had this point with with a lot of people. It's so funny. It's like so many people kept trying to say, like, how incompetent Cobra Commander was. But the funny thing was is I kept... I, I went back and I rewatched the old series. And I was actually... He's not incompetent. You know what happens is that he never wins because he does not have a united team. Because yep. what happens is, that's the reason why G.I. Joe always won, despite all odds, because they had a united team. With Cobra, what happened was, you had, you, had the two, you had the two twin guys who were always conspiring to overthrow him. You had, you had, you had Destro um, and, um, and, God, I can't remember, uh, the Baroness. You had Destro and the Baroness, and they were either trying to mack on each other or they were also joining in on the twins on trying to overthrow Cobra Commander. Yeah. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, it's a you, big old fucking mutiny, basically. Oh yeah, well yeah. The, <laughs> well, and then you had, um, and then you had the uh, uh, the mercenary guy. I forget his name, but he's the one who had the black circles around his eyes who could shape change. Yeah. Um, and then and then the and then he would only would only help him out if he had enough money. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just... The whole point was was that everybody was either conspiring against him or, or um, you know, or they just didn't care enough to actually put, put their hearts into the fight. And apparently in um, the cartoon... Yeah. Uh, the Baroness was actually related to Cobra Commander, but they didn't really allude to it, but you knew they were. Yeah, but basically, the, the whole point is, is that all of Cobra Commander's subordinates were, 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 were like I said, they were always uh, doing doing something to undermine his plans. So the whole point is, is if they had actually, because the thing is, I, I, you know, when I went and looked at his plans, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually pretty clever. Cobra Commander had some pretty clever plans if you actually always go back. Always a smart and guy. Yeah. The problem was, was that his his own subordinates were always trying to undermine him. So the whole thing idiots. is, he wasn't like Skeletor, because I'll say it, Skeletor in the original He-Man series was pretty inept. Yeah. Pretty uh, horrible bad guy. But, but the thing was, is in G.I. Joe, I love the fact that you had... Uh, the, 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 the Josh, <laughs> that you had brought up him was that Cobra Commander was not incompetent, as so many people try. So you like remember, it's like wasn't he incompetent? No, I always tell them I'm always quick to point out. It's like no, he wasn't incompetent. He was quite competent. He just had subordinates that weren't willing to work with him. He was an intelligent fucker. Like seriously, him yeah. and Destro. Yeah. Like when they got together, their plans were actually pretty fucking they, amazing. They were they were good, but once again, Destro, like the other people, were always trying to undermine him because he I wanted to be in charge. I can't remember the episode. I remember it was just a brilliant episode. I can't remember if it was Cobra Commander, but one of the uh, G.I. Joes went home to visit his family, but it was he wasn't home. They presented it was mine, and it wasn't his hometown, but he thought it was, and he sort of kind of figured it out towards the end, but it was just how brilliant it was just to fuck with them. And, oh, that's right. They had a mind manipulator. Yeah, yeah and, see, that's and, said that, right. and see, that's a clever plan. A dumbass wouldn't come up with that. 
No, that was a clever plan. As I said, the only reason Cobra Commander's plans never worked wasn't because they were bad plans. It was because his own people would always undermine another, him. Another story I liked, I don't know if you guys remember or not, it was an 80s one. It was a TV show. Yeah. Like, Believe it or not, I'm fucking on air. Had, the guy had the curly hair. Had the oh, oh yeah. The, 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 I forget the name of it, but I remember that he was just kind of hilarious superhero guy. He got this powers by somehow by accident, but it was just I love this series. I I, yeah. I, I were t- I, was, was, I love that guy. He was just because he was like the guy you didn't think would be a superhero, but he was. Well, yeah. Well, and 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 and, uh, and 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 I'll and I'll get to my villains in just a sec. Yeah. So what that did? No, no. What that did remind me of, and no, I like the fact that you bring this up. What that did remind me of is uh, you remember the show The Tick? Yeah. I loved it because The Tick was like it was like. It was it was a fun show, but it, and it made fun of superhero tropes. But the great thing about it was it wasn't it wasn't insulting about it, but it it, it pointed out certain things that you were kind of like, well, you know, they do got a point because <laughs> like because like the I love it because the tick was always pointing out how ridiculous a lot of superhero things could be. Yeah, <laughs> um, true, and, and that's what that kind of reminded me of when you were telling me the, the show. Bugman came here, the guy that, that was a super. He was a, he was a good actor. No, no, I remember it. It's like because I remember he had that he had he had that really funny um he had that really funny costume with like the multi. It, it was, was red. Like, yeah, it was it was red, but then it had like the different colored cape. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I literally watched every fucking episode. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and he was he looked like a reject from the 1970s. Yeah, yeah, um, big curly hair. Yeah. He was in that one horror movie, uh, the the house horror, or whatever. Avid horror. He was like the the Amityville horror. Yeah. He, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He got. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He was. I good, know who you're talking about. He was like the lead guy character. He was the. He was a superhero, and they, and they got the suit somehow. And he didn't wear he wore a mask, but yeah, he he had this red suit and this cape, and he just couldn't. Every time he flew, it was funny because he could fly backwards or he yeah <laughs> handle the flight. And I just remember yeah. watching. I, I remember as a kid watching that, going, "It's good because it's like it's a superhero, but he doesn't know how to be a superhero." Yeah, mm-hmm. but but anyway, uh, getting back on track, we were talking about the villain thing. Um, it uh, with my with my favorite villains. Um, my favorite villains. Well, um, in terms of comic books, I'll go with that first. Um, like uh, some of the earliest villains I remember reading about were the villains that were in X Men, and uh, my first favorite villain probably had to be Apocalypse, um, followed by Mister Sinister. Nice. Yes, and, and don't get me wrong, <coughs> I liked Magneto, but those two were my favorite because it was like. Magneto was one of those villains that was probably a little more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. Magneto, you could at least relate to on a certain level. You, you under, he's like, you didn't agree with his methods, but you understood why Magneto did what he did. With Mister Sinister and Apocalypse, they were just doing it because, you know, because they they felt that humankind were insects to them that they they had to be wiped out because they needed to make room for they 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 need they needed to make room for for like a, a better a, like a better race and one could say use the same argument with magneto but here's the difference See, um, magneto had a heart apocalypse didn't yeah and, and one second well here's the difference Magneto was embittered because of the fact that he had been a refugee from World War II. Yeah. He was he was a Jewish refugee. Mm-hmm. And that's what and, I always kind of I thought was funny yeah. about him is that he's doing the same thing people did to him because they were different 
and yeah. he wanted to, to people to suffer, but he to kind of turn into Hitler. Yeah, he did. But exactly. But what I'm saying is that his was a little bit more understandable. But I said with Mister Sinister and Apocalypse, it was simply because they just felt like these were superior. It had nothing to do with any background or or any uh, or anything where basically they had some traumatic past. Yeah. They had big they dick, just they had big dick syndrome. Well, no, well, basically they thought they were gods on earth. Uh -huh. the, the, the Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse did it because they just simply thought they were superior and there was nothing more to it. Yeah, this was the village you yeah. you're going to show when they got their come up and it was just Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. whenever, the, whenever the villains would mm. finally get what was coming to them, you're like, that's right, little fucker. You deserve every single bit of that shit. Yeah. How does it feel being a mm. dick all this time, and yeah. now, you, now you're not so big and bad, are you? And no. Then, and then another villain that, that kind of shaped me through the years was, it, interesting enough, it was from a, a video game series. Yeah. Um, and then it led me to watch what? some movies with this character. Um was um was Dracula in the Castlevania games. Yeah. Um I really liked that character and then it was, what it did was it led me back to watching some of the other Draculas like the Bill Lugosi Dracula, especially the, the Hammer Christopher Lee Draculas. Oh, of course. Um can't yeah. not watch those goddammit. Yeah, I know those it's freaking classic. Um but but yeah, that's what I'm saying it's like it's, and that was another villain that kind of colored what I liked about villains. What I always liked about the Dracula in Castlevania was uh was the fact that um you know he um he pretty much was one of those things that uh, uh what i liked about it was that he was literally the prince of darkness it, you know a lot of people use that title right like prince of darkness blah, blah 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 but he really was like that because in the castlevania games dracula wanted to unleash hell on earth oh yeah he um, just wanted to fuck shit up. Yeah, he he was wanting to release every demon upon the land and basically turn the land um, into in, into into basically just this scorched land of death. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was it was never um, you know it was never one of those things that um, that that oh I've had the traumatic childhood or past and and you know. Uh, some of the more modern interpretations they might have changed this, but what I what I do know is for the most part that Dracula's motivations in those games was I like the fact that he was basically a person that he was just pure evil. He just wanted to unleash hell, um, you know. And and I and I, and I don't know. I, I always kind of like that when when they felt I don't know. There it just feels a lot more grand than maybe like a petty grudge yeah um when the villain wants to just unleash hell just to see the world burn yeah it's kind but, of a, it's kind of a sobering thought because yeah. you realize this yeah. is the guy we got to take out or else he's gonna fuck up everything that we've yeah you know done to build and make good we got to uh, get we got to get this guy out of here Oh yeah, and then uh, um, and then I'd even go with um, novels. One of my favorite villains in novels um, came from Frank Herbert's Dune, and I'd have to say the Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, mm -hmm. one of the best villains ever conceived. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this one because 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 I know that. You, Corey, are also at least familiar with with the Dune story. Oh, of course. And uh, and 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 Vladimir Harkonnen. I mean, yeah, he was one of those people that. I mean, seriously, he would 
lie, cheat, steal, and kill in order to basically maintain those spice mines on Dune. Um, you know, to, to, to him, the spice was everything. Yeah, he basically, with the spice mines, he mm. felt that that was basically the diamonds and the gold to him um, staying on top of things. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't running the way he wanted to, he would go over to the mine and he would bully and mm -hmm. he would even make an example of someone just yeah. so they knew not to fuck with his product. Well, exactly. I mean, and then we'll look what happened. Like, the thing was, was because the, the Atreides had thought that they had acquired Dune, that they had got the sort of the, the gem of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, because they had given them, because the, um, the, the Emperor had basically given them permission to mine on Dune. Yeah. And, and the Harkonnens were supposed to leave. But that was a ploy, because what had happened was that the Emperor was starting to get afraid of how much, of how powerful the Atreides were getting. Yeah. Because they were basically one of the big, great houses of the universe. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, and Vladimir Harkonnen worked this diabolical plan with the Emperor that basically, um, they were going to make it look as if they were leaving. But what they really were going to do was that they were basically going to catch the Atreides in a trap and then basically kill them all. Not counting on the fact that Paul would get away with his mother and then basically become the Quitzes Hatterach, which, for those who are not familiar with that, is basically uh, is basically the sort of galactic equivalent of a god. Exactly. <laughs> um, and anyway, so but Baron Baron Vladimir Conan to me was the epitome of a classic villain. Sorry, um, because um, with yeah with the. Uh, um, anyway, because um, with yeah, to me with classic villains, um, the whole thing is, is that um, they're I, they can't have simple ambitions. The whole thing is, is if it's if it's if it's really simple, like basically like oh, I'm gonna get petty revenge because 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 this guy stole that from me or whatever. No, you know what I liked about Baron Vladimir Harkonnen was basically. He was almost like a ruthless businessman, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and in that regard, so basically it was like, yes, he was like a ruthless businessman. And what, what we had was basically he was totally willing to completely destroy his competition. Exactly. He was willing to take out anything that he felt as a threat yeah. just so that he could stay on top. Yeah. And then my final... Um, one, so so we can get to yours. Um, mm -hmm. my, my final, um, villain that kind of shaped how I see villains is I really like Franklin Gela's interpretation of Skeletor in Masters of the Universe. Yeah. Uh, to me, um, to me, to me he encapsulated, um, a lot of great things. Um, and, you know, I could sit here going on in villains all day because I just realized I probably forgot Darth Vader and he's one of my favorites too. But you know the whole thing mine is, as well. So uh, the whole thing is we'd be here all night. So I'm just gonna stick with that. Uh, I like Franklin Gell's interpretation of Skeletor because uh, to me it was it was great because what I liked about it was whereas the cartoon Skeletor felt a lot more incompetent. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Franklin Gallows Skeletor, no, he felt very much like a competent bad guy. He almost felt kind of Shakespearean in a way. Did you know that and, Dolph Lundgren's in uh, Aquaman? Oh, see? Going, going full circle, Franklin, <laughs> going full circle. <laughs> but, 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 no, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, um, but anyway, back to Franklin Gallows, um, with his interpretation of Skeletor, what I liked about it was he almost was the perfect combination of if imagine if you combined both the emperor and darth vader and put them into one being to me that's franklin gillis skeletor um was as if the emperor and darth vader were one person exactly basically um, a badass yeah <laughs> exactly you know uh, you know um so that's what i'm saying and and then I mean, he had such great classic lines in that movie oh yeah um it's you know it's one of those things that I mean you know people can go ahead and mock that movie all they want to but I I think in my personal opinion and I'm going to defend it to the day I'm dead underrated gem and I think it deserved a sequel um, and um, the thing is is that um, what which made him so great was was not only did he not you know not only was he just a badass but I said he had these great almost Shakespearean like lines very quotable um you know i mean i love the part where um where um he-man's trying to sneak out the sorceress somewhere near the beginning of the movie and then skeletor and his forces come in and then uh, and then as soon as skeletor comes in first thing he says is everything comes to he who waits and i have waited so very long for this moment Oh, yeah, and he's got that big old fat fucking grin on his I face. I love it. It's just great. But then it had so many other great quotable lines, as I said. Um, you know, it's like, um, you know, um, you know, like Evelyn, uh, this is the very beginning. She's like, she's like, finally, Grayskull is ours. And then he goes, no, my. Yeah, he gets all fucking selfish about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's just, but it's just great, it, it, you know. Um, and 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 I love when he, you know when he's basically he's like um, when he's basically saying um, uh, when when the sorceress goes and tells him like he man's still alive, I can feel it. And then he was like, oh, how sensitive you are. Yeah. Can you feel this? And then he, uh, you know, and then he you uh, cast that spell on her and starts draining her energy. That's right. Yeah. Um. You know, but and then another one that I thought just was just so awesome. I had so many great ones. Like at least two more. I've got to. I've got to get out there. But um, uh, another one is uh, is when um, once again it was when He Man and the others uh, um, shortly after he'd said the one uh, He Who Waits line. Um, the um, he's basically talking about how he's draining the power off the sorceress. And, yeah. and then, uh, and then, Man at Arms tells him, oh, "You dare threaten her life." And then I love it, just so great, so classic. He says, "I dare anything. I'm mm -hmm. Skeletor." That's right. <laughs> and then, and then, one of the things to top to top the whole cake off was I love that line near the end of the movie when, um, um, well, actually, in fact, it was like kind of three classic lines within the same part. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, Skeletor comes up on his sort of um, almost like um, what would you call it? like 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 floating transport thing yeah um, and uh, and then they shoot some shots at him 
and you know almost Darth Vader like puts this force field around him, um, and uh, and then they bounce off, and then he goes, "Not the way to treat your beloved ruler." <laughs> exactly. And uh, and then uh, and just other great ones is that. Uh, um, and then he, and, and one of the things is when he looks to Gwildor, because Gwildor was the one who created the cosmic key. For those who don't know, and the cosmic key was the thing that could travel between dimensions. Yeah. Um, and I love it. It's like, uh, he's like, Gwildor, my minute minion, I have you to thank for all these troubles. Why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing, so I'm going to give you some time. I'm so sorry to have filled it up, but... Please tell us about what your your favorite villains. One of my most iconic and favorite villains of all time, because not only did he embody who a villain was, yeah. but he really showed you how selfish a villain can really be. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard the pirate. Ah, oh, nice. And that and that people was actually based on actual history. Yeah. So so what you got here, and, and kudos to you, Corey, is is you know an actual reference from a character who actually existed. And what's interesting is the fact that if you read the book Treasure Island, it doesn't do Blackbeard justice unless you research who he really was because. Yeah. When you think of captains as being merciless and they want things done a certain way or people will die, walk the plank, all that shit, Blackbeard the Pirate was the embodiment of the biggest asshole of the sea. Well, you had two, two characters that were strongly based on Blackbeard mm-hmm. that were in said book, Treasure exactly. Island, which is one of my favorite, by the way. Yeah. Um, Long John Silver and Captain Flint. Exactly. They were based on the legend of Blackbeard. And one thing that I really liked about Blackbeard, even though he's basically your iconic villain throughout history, mm-hmm. is the fact that you got to give it to Blackbeard that it didn't matter whatever got in his way. He blasted through it because he had a mission, he wanted to get that treasure, and he didn't give a fuck who he had to kill kill to get to it who he had to manipulate to help get it he did whatever was necessary Mm -hmm. so when you think of people writing villains Mm -hmm. and you think of people okay i've got this villain how do i make him the ultimate badass Mm -hmm. well i look at it this way when i was writing up general scott i thought up okay Who's the biggest badass in history that I can think of? Mm-hmm. Blackbeard the Pirate came up to mind the first time I thought about General Scott because I was like, who's the biggest dick of the sea? <laughs> Blackbeard the motherfucking pirate. Nice. No, and then and I love that they said it's based on an actual person who existed. If you look at and, history, it actually shows how brutal he really was. Exactly. Yeah. And what's really funny is if you do your history, Blackbeard had heard whisperings of a mutiny um, during his first couple years um, on board his ship, Mm -hmm. and he found out the small group of people who were going to mutineer and try to take him over, and he not only killed them himself... I remember that. I remember that he had (laughs) killed the conspirators... 
but he did it in such a fashion <laughs> that the rest of his crew, for the rest of the time that they sailed under him, were in fear of their life for yeah. what would happen if they tried to mutineer. Oh, yeah, well, in and fact... That goes, that goes mm, to prove a point. You only have to do something one time to prove your point. Exactly, yeah. and he was a ruthless fucker. Well, and I like another person that was actually based on his legend... Um, and, and this actually goes back to our childhoods. Goonies, One-Eyed Willie. Uh-huh. One-Eyed Willie was based on the legend of Blackbeard. Exactly. <laughs> We're not talking about... Um, any, uh, any other villains that, uh, that, that, that have influenced you over the years? I have, enough, I have one more villain that a lot of people know, some people don't. Yeah. That's totally fine. It's okay, go ahead. Um, I'm, I'm big into pirates. I love pirates. It's something we both share. Yeah. <laughs> it's a huge thing. Um, if any of you have ever heard of Billy, oh, it was it was it was Redbeard's cousin, and it was a her, and I can't remember what her name was. She was really really famous pirate back in the day. Well, and, uh, and yeah, but she was brutal too. She she was. Yeah, she was just as bad as Blackbeard. She, oh, yeah. she sailed under, um, a, I think it was a red flag instead of a black flag. Yeah. And was what she, happened... Wasn't she the one that like, cut guys' nuts off when they just, just cut their nuts off and stuff? And... Oh, she'd do, she'd do that and much, much worse. Um, but what happened to her is her reign was only, mm-hmm. um, I believe, five years long. Because what had happened is she had gotten into a ship battle... And they had come across into battle with her, and she was just surrounded, and then she just got cut up. Oh, yeah. Um, but no, I remember that legend as well. Um, you know, I'm having a brain for it, too, because yeah. I, I had completely spaced out her name. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're failing you here. Sorry, we, we should have done more proper research. <laughs> but, anyway, but but let me let me tell you this. If uh, you know, if you look up Blackbeard, chances are you can find her just as easily. Exactly. Um, you know, so if you're looking up pirates, you'll you'll be bound to find her. Yeah. Um, and um, I know, and that's actually pretty cool. Um, and uh, and you know, and that's the whole thing. But I, what I like about this, what I totally like about this, <laughs> is that uh, you know, we're all going off on like fictitious villains that we like, and and, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but uh-huh. but I love it. I love it, the fact that you bring in some some actual villains from history that were real. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, it's not to say that I don't like the villains that were fictitious, mm. but you look, <coughs> but you look you at see, the villains. You see what they're based from. Yeah, and then you can tell why people draw the characters that they draw because they see the villains in real life like Genghis Khan yeah. and Napoleon motherfucking um, Bonaparte. Mm. I almost said yeah. dynamite. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon <laughs> dynamite. What a fucking cunt. Yeah, I know. Anyway. Wow, that Napoleon dynamite man, you know. It's horrible. It's, it's, <sighs> his red fucking hair. Uh, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and you look at these villains throughout history that were actual, like, true embodiment of villains, and you look at the people that come out of them uh, that are drawn as comic book characters that yeah. are villains, that are books that are villains, and some you of really the biggest major villains. And, and I, you, I like that you that you exactly bring up. some of the biggest major villains that we have were based on some actual. 
bad person from history. And the interesting thing is, I like don't. Red Skull. Yes, yeah. exactly. Red, Red Skull. Skull was based on Hitler. Exactly. Yeah. And you look at the bad guys that are drawn throughout history as comic book characters and as novels. And you really have to kind of tip your hat to the evil people of the world mm -hmm. who, while they were horrible and they're fucked up and twisted people, they gave us the perfect embodiment to draw the perfect villains for stories so that people could understand that these people could actually exist. Well, and that's why I think a lot of people mm -hmm. were sad when Stan Lee died. Yeah. Because he gave, yeah. he gave fruit, all these future comic people... The inspiration to become who they are. Oh, yeah. I know he inspired the shit out of me. Well, uh, well in fact, uh, uh, that actually goes, segues right into what I want to talk about because uh, I guess it's good to get into novel recommend or book recommendations yeah. now. And uh, that actually, I have, I have two things in mind, which is great a, a great novel and a great. Um, and a great comic book. Um, Novel-wise, I would say uh, I would suggest Fahrenheit four Fahrenheit four fifty one from Ray Bradbury. Oh yeah, um, that was awesome. Oh yeah, and for those who don't know, it's about a society that's kind of like uh, similar to Nazism, and basically what happens is they're burning all sorts of books because knowledge has become dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then it goes into my comic book recommendation, and which is kind of similar. Is for those who don't know, and we. had... Briefly touch on this with the Jim Valentino one, but uh, Peter Panzerfaust. Peter Panzerfaust is a story I would recommend um, because it's basically think of if think about like if you had the characters from Peter Pan, but they were war heroes in World War II rather than fanciful characters in a in a fiction. Yeah, I have two that I've I've read recently. Um, Dean Koontz Odd Thomas series is really good. Oh yeah. And then uh, the I can't remember who the author is, but it has uh, Abe Lincoln as a vampire hunter, and then the book oh, is way better well, than the movie. Well, it's actually yeah. Abe Lincoln, Abe Lincoln vampire hunter. It's really, really good. Yeah, that's yeah, by Seth Abrams. But it's really awesome. The movie's mm. okay, but the book's yeah. way, way yeah. better. I and the Odd Thomas series, I love. You got to start in the first first book. Yeah, but it just it's awesome. It has the sci-fi, has the ghost. It, just has odd shit that happens to him. It just has he has different spirit guys through each book. Mm. One is Elvis. The next one, yeah. He has um, old blue eyes, and that mm. one's really oh, fun. Frank Sinatra. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Oh, yeah. Let's uh, let's briefly because we have to okay. wrap this up as quick as possible. Uh, let's get to your recommendations really quick. Okay. Um, recommendations for comics because we've been talking about this for so long. Um. I want to say the first story arc of Aquaman. Very first story arc of Aquaman. Oh, you mean the classic Golden Age. Nice. Exactly. Because you don't get much more badass than Aquaman. Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. See, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. And I love the fact that you bring that up. Um, uh, what about novel recommendations before we wrap it up? Novel recommendations because I'm huge into pirates. I just don't show it all the time. <laughs> nice. Treasure Island. Oh, uh, see, and gotta that, be treasure. That is awesome. What I, what I love about this is that those who've known, I've actually suggested this book as well. So it goes to show that all three of us have such similar tastes because even I know that even Josh is very familiar with the Treasure Island story. It's classic, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I know you've read that plenty of times. Yeah. Neighbor Robert style, like uh, yeah. Um, no, what is that? I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, oh, wow. Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, you, if it's a classic novel, you're never going to forget it. Oh, yeah, um, of course. Um, so, um, 
I'd say that I think that we've covered everything. Um, I think it's probably a good time to uh, wrap it up and, uh, and say goodbye to our audience. All right. Josh, thank you very much for being well, a part of this episode. Yeah. Fuck yeah, we will. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's been a pleasure having you here. Oh, yeah. Um, Jared, as always, it's been awesome having you as a, as a co-host. You bring oh, yeah. a lot of knowledge to the, to the medium of it's comics. Always, it's always good to be here. Nine Forever, your fantastic host, Corey Hepler, for the Crazy Monkey Inc. podcast. Guys, do yourself a favor this Christmas. Show your loved ones that you love them. Do something for them. Have a merry fucking Christmas on me. <laughs> and you know what? When it comes to the new year, fuck the resolutions. Just try to be a better you than the day before. Have a fantastic fucking evening. And we'll see you next year, 2019. Fuck yeah!